uh, now here with uh, Zof Azmi and Kiran uh, Sidhu, my colleagues. So we're going to start with my own story, not because I'm the best looking and the tallest one here, but yes, I'm all raring to go. And this is actually a story, uh, this is, uh, so, uh, this I think last week, or was it this week? The, actually this week, because today is Friday. The Securities Commission uh, sent out a press release sharing the results of a study commission. And the study was done to, to look at the venture capital ecosystem. And the study hopes to strengthen the ecosystem in Malaysia, right? So this study was undertaken by a Securities Commission funded Institute for Capital Market Research. Now, if you go to the website of this ICMR, folks, you will see that there are some heavy hitters behind it. Yeah, there are some very senior people and they've got uh, what seem to be very well qualified analysts or so. But what really surprised me was that the outcome, the recommendations from this study are very well known to all the players in the venture capital ecosystem. So what has essentially happened is that they produce a study, but the, the outcomes and the recommendations are nothing new from what has been known since five years ago. So I kind of question, what's the purpose of this study? And what's even more strange is that the Security Commission has been working with the venture capital folks for the longest time together, right, to help promote the ecosystem. So the SC already know of these issues also. And yet they came up, uh, you know, they, they sponsored a study, which then, voila, came up with the same recommendations and pain points that everyone has known. And I'm saying, why waste time and why waste effort? And one of the points that I did not put in the article, and you, you may want to read the article to find out why also I felt it was, you know, uh, a, a kind of a waste of time and why it was confusing, is I'm wondering now, so you come up with a study and this study is time for, for this era, right? Which means the era of the new government. So is it that they're trying to show that the pain points they're trying to solve is, is, is out from a study that is you know, done by the current government and therefore now if they solve the problems, you know, it's the current government has identified these problems and they're solving them. I hope I'm wrong and I could be very wrong here and the SC people could be furious with me, Karam, that's not the case. But that just struck my mind as, as to why otherwise come up with a study where the results are known. And recommendations also are not that great. And I actually asked three other VCs out there, folks, can you look at these recommendations and tell me whether you think, you know, this, am I missing something? And all of them were scratching their heads and they said these recommendations are not new. And even more ironic is that, and I didn't speak to Dr. V. Siva Palin, but he's the president of the Malaysian Business Angels Network. And last October, he wrote a very, very good and comprehensive two-part series on, on you know, the, 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 what ails the VC ecosystem and the steps that need to be taken to overcome those, right? And if I just re I reread his article and I look at his recommendations and I'm going, hey man, these are all almost the same, right? They may have changed the wording something, made it sound a bit different, but essentially it's the same pain point. So you just kind of wonder. And you can look at the end of the article about some of the recommendations there. And you can talk about, well, they, they do talk about, so what they do is when they talk about the recommendations, right, there were eight of them, they emphasize that these recommendations are to be considered interconnected and viewed in a holistic manner. So, you know, like I'm saying, you're trying to add words to an existing, you know, a, a pain point and, and market situation that people are well aware of. Them. One of them was that you need to restructure existing public VCs to be more commercially driven. This pain point or this weakness in the ecosystem has been known, I think, a dozen years ago. And they are trying to work around it, but they have not been able to find, they meaning the industry itself, have not been able to find a mechanism by which the government is comfortable saying, okay, these, these, 
these VCs are using public money, we can let them be more commercially oriented. Because if you want to be more commercially oriented, it means that you're taking more risk also, right? But you're taking risk with public funding. So will, will the government be comfortable with that? So maybe in these recommendations, the, the SC and this, this ICMR are able to come up with a way where they think they can allay the concerns and fears of the government. Fantastic kudos to them. But right now, sitting from where I am, I don't see this. And there was a whole bunch of other things they're talking about. They also want to talk about a, a single platform for market access to assist our entrepreneurs, right, to overcome developmental challenges. So I guess what they mean by development challenges are the growth challenges a company faces now. Is that really an issue for the VC ecosystem? I don't know. Then they say further liberalization of tax incentives and a couple of things. But what I loved from one of the uh, VCs was that, look, if the SC really wants to help the ecosystem, the VC ecosystem, why don't they try to find out what happened to that 400 and was it 20 million ringgit uh, US dollars, which is uh, 2 billion ringgit, right? Uh, uh, funding that was uh, supposed to be co-invested. And this 2 billion ringgit comes from uh, 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 government, you know, uh, uh, led vehicles, right? They're supposed to come up with 2 billion US dollars to co-invest with private uh, equity and with VC funds. That has gone quiet since it was announced last November. So that's a big thing that the SE can go and do to help the ecosystem, I think. So with, for the rest, you've got to read the article. Uh, and I think Zoff being very, very thoughtful, deep in thought here. And we're going to go to him now for, for his interesting article, Zoff. Oh, for the, for the article. Yours, I, just, yeah. I just want to say something very quick about, okay. the, about the report. So, okay. Sometimes um, people write reports as a way of communicating things. Mm -hmm. and, and so sometimes, you know, you, you write down stuff you already know and okay. you give it a nice title okay. and then you have a nice event to launch it. And it's all just communication. It's just so that the right people hear, make, you're sure that the right people hear the right things. Okay. I, maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe mm. it's nothing, you know. Because maybe the, the previous, the, who are the, the right people now were previously the wrong people. Mm. And <laughs> well, yeah. And I they mean, were not listening to, to what was coming out from the previous government, which was probably sometimes, you know, while some of them are alleged to be crooks on a global scale, but, you know, there was a lot of good that was being done also. But it's all being, you know, uh, uh, swept with the same brush. So you need to do this. I don't know. And, and, maybe, and I, that's a good point. I mean, and there's also value having, let's say you did a report, let's say you did a report two years ago, yes. you did a report this year. Okay. And if you point to the same problem still being there, then you can tell the story, hang on, nothing, nothing has been done been about, done, yeah. about it. Um, and that should light a fire to some people. Okay, I hope so. Well, that, that's a good way of looking at it. So we'll see. So I, I didn't get any feedback from the SC, so you know, maybe that's how it's, it's, it's going to be. So, mm -hmm. But anyway, thanks for that. So Zoff, your, your interesting story? So, well, I mean, it's Kirin and my interesting story uh -huh, because yes. uh, yesterday we... Uh, excuse me. Uh, yesterday we spent time going at the Kuala Lumpur Digital Content Anti-Piracy Summit. I think that's the first time in a long time I, I'm aware of a digital, you know, uh, 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 and a piracy summit in, in KL. So yes. overdue, I would say. Uh, and uh, all the big players were there, right? The, the, I think every single content provider... Yeah, it was four main ones. Astro, mm -hmm. iFlix, Dim Sum and... Media Prima? Yeah, Media Prima, okay. correct. Yeah, and, and, and obviously they create content. So yes. they, they have a strong interest in making sure their content... Uh, hey, Netflix wasn't there. No. Interesting, wow. But Netflix okay. is more international. I more international, yeah. It is totally international, yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I guess we're talking about this now and mm -hmm. the article 
that I'm going uh, that I I'm I'm writing about this ha- isn't up yet, yeah. but I will say some things which will be an article. And I'll say some things which I think uh, may be more appropriate to discuss here. Yeah, that's what us. I did with my. Uh, yes, because um, uh, I I think for me and people in DNA know this because I was sending messages nonstop at about nine <laughs> thirty in the morning. Uh, what was interesting was that the main message being sent out very early in the morning was that piracy is theft. And one thing that was said that stuck in my mind was this statement, it's, it's theft in the same way as stealing a chocolate from a grocery store is theft. And, th- and my immediate reaction is, no, it's not. It's not the same as stealing a bar of chocolate. It's very different from stealing a bar of chocolate. But this was the kind of line that we were getting maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. We're still getting the same line. They would have come out with a more sophisticated current analogy, right? Yes. I mean, and it's, it's, it's a bit more complicated than, than, that, you know, than casting it as a bad guy wearing like a mask mm-hmm. going into a shop and taking something and running out. Mm-hmm. That's not how most people who consume pirated content see themselves yeah exactly because I mean even in the way the way that you're consuming pirated content is not the same as it was previously like with the you know with all these TV boxes you have around you're not exact it's just basically how you used to watch TV in the olden days it's the same way you're doing it so it doesn't actually feel like you're doing something wrong and you're paying for those boxes too right and then you you also have a a yearly uh, some of them charge a yearly subscription fee so I mean, I mean, certainly, certainly, these TV boxes is what's getting them very agitated. Agitated, yes, mm-hmm. right now because the boxes make it easy for anybody to just get a box and then plug it into your TV, plug mm-hmm. it into your internet mm-hmm. cable, and you're there. Voila. Wow. Yeah, you don't have to be tech savvy. You just have to. You can even be an old auntie or uncle, buy yeah. this the TV box from somewhere, install it, and you're good to go. Wow, interesting. So, but I think there was a cost to this piracy too, right? There are some data points that, that Astro shared that made you kind of skeptical, raise your eyebrows a bit, uh, Zoff? Well, I'm, I'm always skeptical whenever people report how much money they've lost as a result of piracy. Okay. And the reason why I'm skeptical is I'm always asking, so how, how do you count them, right? So, mm. in the minister's speech, he said that 1.05 billion was a loss of revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the government lost 157 million in taxes and 1,900 jobs were lost. 1,900? Wow, yeah, jobs were lost. <coughs> Sorry, forgive me. But, but of course, I'm super skeptical because when, when companies usually report loss due to piracy, what they're doing is they're saying, this many people pirated, therefore this many people times X dollars is how much we lost. Yeah. But it doesn't take into consideration that sometimes people pirate stuff that they wouldn't normally buy at all. At all. The, the, the population of the segment, you know, who would who would watch, and I, I'm not going to name names of films because I'm just, but but watch certain like B grade films, right? Yeah. They, they wouldn't normally just pay money to watch it. So mm-hmm. so it's not really lost in that sense, um, Yeah. Um. The the other thing, of course, is when you're looking at um, things like job losses. Okay. I mean, I'm really curious. Hmm. Now it seems these numbers came from Astro. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't be asking Astro. And and there were actually Astro also quoted a few other people. The data points came a few people. But I think my perception is that when anyone makes any uh, 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 data points around job losses because of piracy, they always exaggerate it to make it seem a lot worse than what it is. Just so it gets the attention of the policymakers, right? And maybe in terms of policymakers, maybe we'll just 
uh, end with that. Kiran, you want to talk about that Gobin's panel now or, or your second story you want to bring that up? Uh, we can bring it up after the break. Bring that after the break. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about how Kiran was disappointed with the minister. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world over our range of shows tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. Okay, and we're back for the second half of our DNA's Tech Talk on Fridays and uh, Kiran. <laughs> so are you unhappy? Well, um, the minister. Well, um, so we're talking about the KL Anti-Piracy Summit that Still, happened yes. yesterday. and um, Oh, yesterday. Wow, hot off the press, man. So that's 14th February. Okay. Um, Did you get flowers, by the way, yesterday? I'm just curious. Uh, well, Don't yeah, distract. no, maybe not. <laughs> I did not get flowers. Yeah. Okay, let's go and talk about um, the minister. So okay. we're talking about Gobind from MCMC. And, well, I wouldn't say... I was disappointed, mm. but um, I think the outcome of yesterday, there was no, like, okay, this is the action that we're going to take and this is exactly what is going to happen after mm-hmm. today. It was more like... Holding statements or we know the problems. Yeah, we, are, we acknowledge the problems. Yeah. A lot of that's maybe enthusiasm without any commitment. Yeah. yeah. Like some people on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> very apt. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'll quote Gobin directly. He said, I think there's a lot... Uh, it, this was in terms of whether the laws, that the existing laws that we have today are sufficient okay. or not um, to curb piracy. Mm-hmm. And he says, I think there's a lot of updating to do. Okay. Uh, laws exist, but whether they are sufficient, I mm, think not. Okay. Uh, and he said, the answer to the piracy problem is multidimensional. Mm-hmm. So what he means by this is there's a lot of agencies and... Um, ministries, I suppose, that okay. need streamlining okay. to come together to work on this problem. Mm-hmm. So he said, if we can get matters under one roof, it would be a step forward and a starting point to solving this problem. Mm-hmm. So in the first place, there's a lot of streamlining to do before start, like, starting you know, solving to solve this problem. problem. So yeah. almost sounds like he's just, ge- that, that sounds like a holding statement and it's quite frustrating yeah. because yeah. if you've been covering the tax space for a long time, you know piracy has been uh, around for a long time. And I know today it has gotten way better in Malaysia. And actually, talking about that, were, is, were there any data points they shared how where Malaysia stood in terms of piracy? With well, other um, there was a data point that they shared. Uh, well, Malaysia, out of the entire population, okay. 25% of Malaysians have the pirated TV box at huh? home. Wow, that's that's high. 25%. Yeah. Wait a second. There's I like that's l- right now there's four of us in the room. Okay. Can the person with the pirate box set please put up their hand? <laughs> I don't have one. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Netflix. So no, Netflix. honestly, we had one in my house, yes. Because my, my <laughs> really? mom, yeah, my this this from India. My mom wanted to watch her 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 her, her, her spiritual, you know, uh, 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 content which comes out of two channels out from Punjab and of course, then they come to their relatives who say, oh, you've got to get this box and you know, it's way better than Astro and Astro doesn't have way enough Punjabi content and spiritual content for the Sikh. So I ended up having to get the box so for my I wife, mean, uh, for my mom for like three years. This, I mean, this is a very important yeah. point that Karam is making, right? That because you could not get this content easily. Yeah, correct, yeah. So you could have 
paid Astro all the money to get all the packages yeah. and you still wouldn't but have it's not gotten something that you want like Correct. you don't have so, the exact content that you want on there so uh, yeah, yeah exactly so if, if Astro had a channel that was offering that I would have gotten it like my wife wanted a Japanese content and you know we subscribe to Astro's Walang Toy channel you know they stuck this one Japanese channel with all these Mandarin channels yeah <laughs> so yeah you're right My we couldn't get it through Astro and then actually the harder question is Karamjit if Astro had it and this uh, other box had it and the other box was cheaper which would you go by right so that's a question you don't ask me but no because because <laughs> I mean the... Kiran you asked the question right you asked yeah. the question about is there a price point or something mm-hmm. where yeah is there a price point at which um consumers would basically choose the legal option over the illegal okay. option but um so this is a case of consumer mm-hmm. demand right so the consumers are demanding for this content and yeah. the content that they want could be on various different platforms so you can't actually cherry pick oh i want this that 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 yeah, and i have a package because it's all on different platforms yeah. so the thing is um that is why i guess consumers resort to these tv boxes in the first place mm-hmm. because they want the content but the service that they are paying for maybe only has like yes. a minor percentage of that content that they actually consume no, but there's a real so people may not understand there's a real reason right because maybe when HBO makes a movie, right? They commission a movie. That movie is for HBO only, right? Yep. So like when next Netflix, you know, commissions some movies, they are for Netflix. When yep. Comcast, you know, and, and you've got Warner Brothers, a lot of times they, and it's not easy, right? It's not cheap commissioning these movies. So of course, then these movies are limited to those, those, uh, uh, you know, uh, content channels or those, uh, you know, uh, streaming channels. And then consumers cannot say, oh, I want some Warner Brothers movies and I want some, DC's, you know, comic movies which are with uh, Warner Brothers, whoever. So, content is such an expensive game at the at the creation side that is 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 very naive and it's it's impossible for consumers to expect they can cherry pick and what they want and they expect it all in one, one one, one platform. It's impossible to happen because it's too expensive. So, that's why you are limited by all these agreements, right? So, Zoff, what yeah. do you think? So, so, so con- consumers I, should be educated that they cannot expect all in one platform, and if they do get it, something's wrong there. You know, somebody is being cheated somewhere down the line. I mean, while you were you were saying this, I I made quick use of my handphone and Google. So, <laughs> Gabe okay. Newell, the guy that runs Valve, and Valve is that uh, a, a game company. Uh, okay. He said that his opinion, and this was way back in twenty eleven, is that okay. piracy is a service problem. He says oh. people pirate because it's hard to get the content they want yes. through through proper no, but means. I don't agree with that because like I just explained right the service if you expect you know content A content K content you know alpha content beta and they all have their own commercial arrangements you, you cannot expect them all to be on a platform just for you and each person has but got wait, their A so that, alpha you know, beta no, no, no. But, but Karam this is where yeah. I, I sort of maybe see the thing is this right if you go back to when iTunes first came out okay. right so this is music right so when iTunes came out Everybody jumped onto the iTunes shape yes. because iTunes was the only game in town. Yes. You had no choice. You jump onto the iTunes shape. Yeah. And what you saw when iTunes became popular, mm-hmm. people were willing to pay 99 US cents for a song mm-hmm. on iTunes yeah. rather than, than download the yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, there was the fact that the software was nicely made. Yeah. And it, it came together with the iPod. Everything yeah, cool was... Cool device. Yeah. yeah, and it was cool to say, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm downloading. Yeah, I, I yeah. paid for a song, one song, right? Yeah. In, in the words like of Marie Kondo, it gave people joy to pay 99 yes. songs using that platform. Yeah, but you see, uh, 
at the same time, while you say it is unrealistic yeah. for consumers to expect content right. from like different platforms all in one, and all to be in the, one, yes. these TV boxes make that happen. Because they're them. not paying, they're, they're, they're stealing, right? Some of the, they're stealing, they're not paying the, the royalty and the licensing fee. So they're able to do that. They're exactly. stealing that. That's why they're able exactly. to do that. It's theft. I, I'm not but saying the, the, it's these right. These boxes are theft. Yes, you did. It's you can't not, indicate it's it not, was theft. But, <laughs> but I think there's a need for business okay. models to change. Yeah. Like you can't just say, we can't do it and it can't yes, happen. Yes, yes, there yes. needs to be a shift towards what tell you, consumers are demanding also. I mean, I mean, people get upset for me with me for saying this, right? But if these pirate boxes mm-hmm. force these content owners to get together mm-hmm. and say, look, we can't have uh, fragmentation. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't have like 14 different services that people have to subscribe to before they get what they want. If it forces them to come together and come out with a solution, right, then that's better for the consumer. It is, but... Because it's effectively a monopoly otherwise. It is not, but right now, the trend now shows that it will never happen that way, right? That's why Disney is launching its own streaming service. You've got Comcast lasting its own, right? And even Warner Brothers. So it's already being... uh, uh, It's already being even further fragmented. And it's because all of them think that their content is strong enough that they can compete as a standalone. Mm. People will love Disney content that they will make Disney their one or two you know, uh, uh, streaming apps that they must have. It's already happening. So the business owners have already decided that, that screw everyone who thinks they can have this idealistic world where it's all in one. No, we think our content is super special and you can only get it on our platform. You're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think Comcast is coming with a free service, uh, by the way. So they're going to make money from advertising. Very interesting. Huh? Mm. So there'll be some option. I do, I'm sure at some point they're going to open it globally. And that's the model I'm looking forward to seeing whether it can work or not. So. Right now, I subscribe to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to iFlix. Yep. So I think that comes to about 60 ringgit a month. Okay. And I'm quite happy with the mm-hmm. two of it. And I also use... And your it. daughter is very happy, I know. Yeah. My daughter's... I'm happy because Netflix has an iFlix... Netflix kids. <coughs> yes, Netflix and Netflix both have a kids section. Yes. So wherever she browses through there, it's like fine. Uh-huh. Mm. Whereas when she's browsing you YouTube, YouTube, we're always like, oh my god, what is she what going she to unearth right? next, yeah. right? So so I'm I'm just saying, with greater fragmentation mm-hmm. comes greater dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. and then but so the pressure to move. Accepting it, I think. Okay. I'm dissatisfaction. Saying, yes, I yes. agree. Yes. Uh, and, and the pressure to move is not always I don't want to pay money. That's mm-hmm. that's the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I mean, this is, like you said earlier, this is a topic that we can go on and on. But uh, let's move on to the final article. And I think Kieran's got a very interesting one of, uh, of a Malaysian entrepreneur who's doing something very interesting, actually. But they've suddenly been hit by the new government. <laughs> so hurdle right now. Hurdle, um, yeah. So I'm talking about Border Pass. Okay. So Border Pass is a Malaysian startup. And they have come up with this biometric autogates. Mm. Are they run by whom? What's all um, the founder is Faisal Arif. Okay. So he's a law graduate from Cambridge University. And this idea... The, the, that uni- the, the, the one, the pro- historical one or the one in the US? Cambridge like the, the mill generating. Cambridge <laughs> the University. Degree mill. Not oh, Cambridge oh. International, he clarified. <laughs> okay, yes. So, um, so he said this particular... Um, this idea he came mm-hmm. up with started when he was um, applying for a scholarship with Singularity University. Oh, so the one in Silicon Valley, right? Okay. Yeah, oh, so San Francisco, yeah. This was in 2014. Okay. Um, and this Not was, that long ago. Yeah, so the scholarship, they were giving out scholarships to mm-hmm. go to Singularity University and the prize after that was, I think, a trip to NASA or something and oh. he really wanted it. Mm-hmm. So this was an idea he came up uh, with. Okay. He pitched the idea and um, at the same time, he... After, after when he returned to Malaysia, he secured a meeting with the immigration department. 
and he showed them this idea. So what is the idea exactly? The idea is biometric autogates and his the target demographic. Ah. So we have autogates right yes, now, correct. but um, this tar- they're targeting the visa-free business travelers and tourists. So those from like are they visa-free tourists? Uh? That's interesting. Singapore. Oh, sorry, those yeah, from you're like right. UK. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm, okay. So those travelers that okay. come in, uh, they have to go through the manual check, the manual yes. lane, right? So they are offering. Like ah, biometric convenience, right? Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, so what does it do? It takes your fingerprint and then matches it against a huge database. Uh, well, you they have to sign <laughs> up on their website with yeah. your information, okay. and then they also have a facial recognition feature mm-hmm. and yeah, your thumbprint scan. Thumbprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he presented this idea, and then he had to go through a few. He had to resort to cold calling the Ministry of Home Affairs mm-hmm. to get his foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, in 2015, they received letters of support from the Ministry of Tourism and Ministry of Home Affairs. Nice. And then they, after that, they secured R&D funding. They okay. started developing their prototypes. From one of the government ministries, right? Okay. Yeah. And then fast forward to 2018, okay. last year, yep. they were given the green light to start testing. Their, finally. Wow. Okay. Their, so they're rolling out now? Yes, so they started in June last year, okay. their testing. And then, in so, which airport? KLIA, I So guess, this right? is specifically in KLIA to okay. arrivals. Oh, okay. So their gate went live, and during that period of five months, from June to October, they got about 2,000 travellers that registered on their site from over 25 countries. Hmm. But then in October, they had a directive from the Malaysian government telling them, you know, you have to halt this uh, within 48 hours because we are running a review of all immigration systems. So they had to comply, and since then... um, It's limbo. Yeah, they've been in a limbo since then. So the equipment is still in KLIA too? Yes, they hope. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there. Um, so right now, because of that, um, it's not there. But he, he's saying, he's talking about what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, based on what the users were asking for, their plans for 2019 were to actually uh, cover KLIA2 departures. Okay. Um, also KLIA, mm-hmm. uh, the Johor-Singapore border as well. And right now with this, and they don't actually know what's happening, um, they're hoping that they can go online again very soon. Um, So he stressed that the current, uh, what government is doing right now, they want to revamp the national immigration system, which is a wholly domestic project. He said border pass does not clash with that project. Yeah, correct. So that's something that he's he's trying to get that message um, through. Uh, This is a standalone, yeah. Yeah, and his... His goal, mm. basically Border Pass's goal, is to create a network of autogates around Southeast Asia mm. uh, so that travellers can enjoy the same experience with just one enrolment. Okay. Uh, so you can go to Bali, Jakarta, Bangkok, yeah. you know. All I need is my thumb. Thumb yeah. and your face. And my pretty face. <laughs> yes. um, and very interesting, this mm. one. They have had seven international awards just doing what they have done so far. So they've won the oh, Asian seven. Entrepreneurship Awards in 2016 yeah. in okay. Tokyo. Um, they've also been recognized as Startup of the Year by Amadeus, an international European Amadeus, company. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, special Innovation Prize from the Asian Development Bank. So that's the ADB Australian out government. Of Manila, right? ADB? Is uh, it based Australian in Manila? Government. Oh, Australian. Australian. Okay. So, yes. So he I thought says, you said Asian Development Bank. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, but it's uh, Australian. Sorry. Okay. And also, they, they also got an award from the Australian government. I, I can't... Australian I don't know government. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, this ha- this is an idea that has captured the imagination, right? Yeah. And they made it work. 
exactly and you know he's gotten the attention worldwide and he's worldwide, saying like you know worldwide. we really he's raring to go basically yeah. and he truly believes that this solves a big pain point yep. for travelers all over so they're waiting for a green light to proceed and he said one more thing he hmm. said we are not asking for money and we will bear the capital expenditure yeah. for, of the auto gates wow. and the cost of maintenance yeah. and everything they just want to continue just let doing us what run they man. yeah yeah excellent that's how. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? So that's something yeah, so to look yeah. at. Government's role is to stay out of business yes. and stay out of the way of business. Did you manage to corner like somebody from Ministry of Home Affairs? No, or? I did not. Uh, Kiran, thank you very much. Uh, Zoff, thank you. And you've been listening to DNA's Tech Talk on Friday and we'll see you again a fortnight from now. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.